Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of the True Blue podcast from the Chester Chronicle where we'll discuss everything Chester FC related from the week that was. Uh, joining me today is BBC Radio Merseyside's Neil Turner, a familiar face to many Blues fans, as is the person on the opposite side of the table, D106.3 Shane Pinnington. Joining me, Dave Powell from the Chester Chronicle. Um, it's been a very busy week at the Swansway Chester Stadium, but to be fair, I mean, that's probably... Uh, been the case for the best part of a year or so. It uh, doesn't seem like seven days goes by where there isn't some kind of drama um, to deal with. But uh, good news to arrive into us minutes before we started this podcast, actually. It's uh, this weekend's game at home to Bradford Park Avenue will be going ahead at the Swansway Chester Stadium for the first time in... It's over a month now, isn't it? It is. over yeah. a month since we've been, been at home. Uh, we've been on the road only twice. Um, since then, we've had to suffer four postponements, and it's not been the easiest start uh, to the season, and certainly not the one which uh, Anthony Johnson and Bernard Morley would have envisaged when they took over at the helm. Um, but how important it is to get this game on the safety certificate was uh, was given to the football club, and the game has been. He's going to go ahead, ratified by the league, so he'll be home again on Saturday. And after such a long time away from the stadium and the risk of the apathy creeping in again, Neil, how important is it that we are playing at home this weekend? It was essential. Um, and congratulations to everybody. Without going into the reasons it happened, congratulations to everybody that sort of got their act together and has got the ground to a level, obviously, uh, that satisfies the people that issue the safety certificates. You talk about drama. There's more drama at the football club, uh, rightly or wrongly, than the bodyguard at the moment. Um, it seems to be every other week that there is a drama. So hopefully this is the end of the sort of drama period. We've got a game on Saturday, which is brilliant. We'll have a game on Tuesday evening as well. So that'll get some money into the coffers and hopefully six points into, into the credit account as well. So from that point of view, brilliant. Uh, and isn't it great to have football at the Diva again? That's just it, isn't it? It's the, it seems it... You, it's enabled the club's been able, unable to build in any momentum since the start of the season, so it's been stop start and um, it's been like I say, it's been lurching from one crisis to another. I mean, for you, Shane, I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> you, you've, you've seen this season, it's uh, a chance for them to build some momentum. There's two games which they've been looking at and thinking we can kick start the season almost almost a season starts here type of thing, yeah, very much so. I mean, when we spoke to the managers last week, they were kind of quick to defend the old excuse of oh no we haven't played for a couple of weeks you know that's going to affect us and I've no doubt it does because you can't can't there's no second thing for match sharpness is there really that's what you miss when you don't play football you can train all week but it's the match sharpness that you miss so games in the legs absolutely so I think it's vital that they do get back playing again the fact that they've been granted the safety certificate now is good news all around particularly with two home games now in the space of four days and hopefully they can get a bit of a head of steam up now in these two home games as well. And that's it, just it, isn't it? Because I mean, you look at the, the league table and um, we're three games behind the rest of the league and at such an early stage of the season, I mean, speaking to the managers of the week, it's a case of these are the games, early part of the season, where you get that match fitness, you're still building up match fitness from pre-season, you don't arrive at the first game of the season and you're ready to go for a full campaign, it's kind of a, a gradual thing and that it's it's denied the chance for the players to really fly at it so it'll be interested to see um, now we know that we've got a game on Saturday game on Tuesday it's, it's almost the first really weak block where we're going to have bang 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 game 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 um, it should, should be interesting to see how they they kind of arrive at um, 
the game the following weekend, which is Boston United. Yeah, yeah. So, a bit, so it could put them in, in put them in good stead for a for a, for a, for, a, for a tough test. But obviously, the alternative had we not got this on, um, could have seen us travel to Macclesfield and could have thrown up a whole variety of scenarios. I mean, I know one that was knocked on the head by the league was the possibility of moving the game or sort of reversing the game to, Bradford. to, to Bradford's Horsefall Stadium. But um, that was rejected, so obviously you make, make do with that. But from a financial point of view, Neil, I mean, we're going to touch on the accounts um, in a minute. Uh, crucial that they get this game on because having to go, say, say for, for argument's sake, it was Macclesfield, all the costs that are incurred with it, renting the stadium, a lower gate, everything like that. And also the fact that fans, are becoming, the longer it goes on, the more disconnected the fans become with it. Correct. And one of the beauties of football is that you keep it going. You keep the momentum going in terms of matches. There hasn't been any momentum. There was a series of home pre-season friendly games. Uh, then there was the Spennymore game. Then, bump, as you say, a month away. So it's getting these customers, these supporters, back into the ground, spending their money, paying their entrance fee, uh, and also buying a programme, buying a pie, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so it, it brings, brings revenue into the club because that's the meat and drink basically of, of any of any business and it is a business whether it be fan owned whether it be privately owned this is a business and should be run professionally and if you're not getting money in the till which they haven't been I mean that can only only go one way so from that point of view it's brilliant you then look at the likes of FC United on Tuesday night uh, and unfortunately they will not bring because of work commitments or possibly school commitments on the younger ones they won't bring as many people over so they, the club will lose money, unfortunately, from the uh, from when it was scheduled for a Saturday. Similarly with Hereford on a bank holiday Monday, whenever that uh, game has been rearranged. Similarly with Kidderminster too. So they will be losing money. So, it, But at least it starts getting the till ringing again. And that's what it's all about. Because we need to pay players, we need to pay expenses, etc, etc, etc. And from that point of view, it's brilliant. Had it have gone on with the scenario at Macclesfield, unfortunately, as you said, that would have been at best a break-even situation. You've yeah. got to pay Macclesfield, your people coming over, you've got to play whatever. What you wouldn't have got the bar profits from that. I assume you wouldn't have got the bar profits. You'd have had the entrance fees, obviously, but that would have been at best a break-even scenario. And there would have been an argument from some supporters, I suppose, although not, it wouldn't have been a necessity for the football club. But as in what we used to do at the Moss Rose days. Do you put on an element of transfer for fans yep, who can't get, exactly. can't get there? Because exactly. there's some season ticket holders who live in the locality yep. who, who can't travel to away games. I mean, I suppose we get a, a, a kind of a, a warped view of of the football club almost because we go home and away and we see home. You know, so we live and breathe it every well, every day of the week almost. Um, but if you're a fan who, I mean, obviously you keep in touch with what goes on in away games. But if you your, your sole reliance on the football club is going to watch on a Saturday and you've been deprived of that for a month. It doesn't take long for other things oh, to creep in and, and have the chance to do other things. Yeah. And, but also from the players' point of view, I suppose, Shane, they haven't really... I mean, we have the Liverpool game and it's a strange atmosphere because Liverpool fans coming in. We've had a succession of pre-season friendlies. Then we've had um, the Spennymore home game, which was a decent performance, I thought. Um, but there's going to be so many fans who have not yet had the chance to see what the current side looks like because um, obviously it just you don't get to see what the actual first team is going to look like during pre-season because it's, it's a mishmash with trialists and youngsters um, but now we're you know, the season's five games old for us um, so I'd imagine Saturday might be the first time that a few, a few fans are actually Ooh. casting eyes on 
on the team itself. Must be the same for the players as well, mustn't it? I mean, you know, they want to play the scheduled days, don't they? Because they want to get used to their teammates as well. It's a new squad, don't forget, pretty much all of it. So they've got to gel properly together. And it's the hardest thing, I'm sure Neil will tell you from his playing days, that when you've got a new squad like that, you want to click and gel and know everyone's positions and how they play as soon as possible. And that's only hampering it, isn't it? The fact that yeah. we're not playing and there's another two weeks gap. stops for that, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing it hampers as well is, which we haven't touched on yet, Dave, is the fact that <clears throat> it takes the board away from doing other things. So, like, I know Andrew and Dave, the chairman, have been down there working hard to try and get the safety certificate back, make sure everything's fixed, back to normal again. And it's actually taken them away from concentrating on what's a very important role the football club have advertised to which is a general manager and somebody to be there on the ground dealing with the stuff that they've been dealing with and also trying to get more sponsorship deals into the club as well yeah, it's the best part of a week where the, the stand was for all intents and purposes condemned yes, absolutely so it's um, as a business um, I mean, we are a business well that's, <laughs> we the, point, business. that's the point I made yeah. um, it's, it's you've got to get the tills ringing yeah, of course yeah. you have and, yeah. and after a summer where I mean, I suppose in a, in a good way, this is if this, if there is ever a good time for something like this to arise, it's at the start of the season almost because you have the season ticket money, which has just come into the football club, so there isn't so much of a cash flow problem. Yeah. Had this happened in January, February, I mean, it's um, when you would expect something like this uh, torrential rain to actually appear, uh, not in the not in the midst of summer, um, it might have been different. But uh, getting the tills ringing is is probably brings us. Um, Brings us on nicely to our to our next point. Um, accounts for uh, the year to May 2018 uh, made available to see this week uh, shows a loss of forty five thousand six hundred and seventy two pounds. I mean, it doesn't a loss isn't good in any any uh, any business, but in terms of uh, how it could have looked were it not for some phenomenal fundraising um, over the past seven or eight months or so after the. Catastrophic uh, financial crisis of uh, of January. It could have been a lot worse. But there's a few things which we, obviously we'll discuss now, which do jump out um, from the past year. Um, first off, I mean, I will touch on this one first. Neil, I'll come to you. Um, aside from the loss, staff costs from uh, the year to May 2017 at six hundred and five thousand. Up £130,000. Yeah, for the following year. Which, um, as a percentage, is quickly 20%, you know, which is, is unbelievable. And, and now we know that um, some Sam Hughes money last year was apportioned to um, uh, the, the transfer budget to, and to make them a bit more competitive. Um, but that doesn't all account for for that there. I mean, it looks like, I mean, to, to add that figure from year, year on year, um, it's... What does, that, what does that smack off to you? Yeah. Well, too many contracts or too many inflated contracts were given. Um, but of course, staff cost doesn't totally relate to players. No. Is it behind, uh, is it other salaried people within the club as well? Um, no doubt we will get a breakdown of that. Um, but the thing that hits me about the staff cost scenario, up £130,000, the fact that commercial activity has reduced... 
I mean, even if you add in the sort of other things, you've got commercial activity here of 159, but last year it was 164. And you've got other things that came in commercially as well. That was after January when the sort of crisis time came. So had you have carried on that trend up until January into the crisis meeting, I will guarantee in percentage terms, and I haven't seen the figures, it will be far less. I mean, it was a disaster, mm -hmm. an absolute disaster. So you wonder what was going on behind the scenes. And I'm sure, I hope, serious questions are asked about that at the AGM because it is not good enough. It doesn't make good reading. And why, and I've touched on this point in articles before, why there weren't alarm bells before January, um, which frankly it was, never mind I brought it up at board meetings and so on, the alarm bells should have been ringing. Um, and it smacks that the commercial side needs readdressing quickly. It's not just selling the odd table at matches. It's employing somebody. Uh, where does that money come from? Everybody's going to say. But there, are, there is money coming in that could be accrued and could be given to, and I've said this publicly a few times, a commercial manager. All it needs is circa twenty-five to £30,000. And then you get going. And then you give targets to a commercial manager. Well, you know from your radio yeah. station, uh, Shane, the way it works. You give... A lowish salary, a leased car, plus a high percentage in terms of uh, in terms of commissions, and that needs to be addressed quickly because people are not getting out to business. They should be getting out to business, knocking on doors, and really regenerating. And it's not just regenerating in terms of cash; it's also positive PR as far as the football club is concerned. It's no good just sort of doing it to the assembled congregation and saying, "Are you going to get a table for next week? Are you going to buy?" They've got to get out outside the congregation to other businesses and then start generating cash and it really needs an energy that to me I'm sorry to be controversial doesn't appear to be there no I quite agree I mean that's one of the things that I raised as soon as Stuart Murphy said he was going to put a donation of funds into the football club the first question I asked Dave was in the room as well is will this infrastructure money Will that go on to a commercial manager or a general manager? Because we need somebody down there day to day to run the football club, be there, be able to go out into the businesses of the city and down the business park and try and get the football club in a good light again. I get that it's a hard sell because of what's gone on in past years, yeah. but the corner's got to be turned at some point. The PR has been poor. And now we've got to kind of start turning that corner, if you like, and get people out there into the businesses. We've got a sales team. I know exactly how it works, as you've just pointed out there. And that's exactly how it needs to work. And Absolutely. if not, then we're not going to see a rise in revenue, are we? And give them, I don't know, give them 15%, give them 20%. I don't care. 20% of a million pounds is fine. <laughs> I mean, we'd all go for that. If they can bring a million pounds, great. Because taking 20% off it, you know, think of the money that's coming into the club. The more commission they earn, happy days. I mean, and that's what it's all about. They've got to get out, knocking on doors, because this commercial uh, figure is not good enough. Well, it really is not good enough. Um, from the, the comparing the seasons, um, different directions. Obviously, staff costs have gone up one hundred and thirty thousand um, pounds year on year. Uh, commercial activity down, match income considerably down. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously that relates to the attendances are poor, but it's important not to forget that we are a football club at the end of the day, and it is the product on the pitch which people needed to become uh, become enamoured with, and they weren't. But I don't want to get 
bogged down in that because I think we've done uh, done that to to death for reasons why that we were so poor on the pitch. But, but um, before we move on though, on that commercial point, it's important that we do it the way in which Neil's just pointed out there that we put a lower, if you like, basic salary with a bonus structure on it. Otherwise, you're in danger of giving someone too much money. Them sitting there thinking, it's all right, I'm going to get me money at the end of the month anyway, whether I sell or whether I don't. They give them targets, they give them KPIs. I mean, the the usual stuff, there's got to be an energy there, and there isn't an energy there. I mean, in another world, if you like, um, I see other companies and companies that pull me in to act as a consultant for them, and there's no energy. You could tell that. There's no energy, and there needs to be an energy looking for cash, looking for money on the commercial side, which to me... And hopefully somebody will criticise that comment and come back and say, yeah, okay, there is. It also is. brings the elements of accountability to it as well, doesn't it? Yes, um, absolutely. In terms of, uh, we'll get on to the, to the CFU nominations in a bit, but it, 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 you, you need to know um, who's assigned roles. And, and it, you know, Shane, from what the club have been dealing with, with this whole um, damage to the stadium uh, saga, uh, it's involved... Uh, directors severely impacting their own time with their own businesses yeah. and their own work lives yeah. um, because obviously we've not got a general manager or anything in situ and obviously this chief executive left um, so it's, it's a situation that um, <laughs> arrived at a terrible time when you've got no one there to deal with the day-to-day running the football club because you can't rely on um, just the directors because it, it will be burnout almost eventually yeah. you know it, it doesn't it's not conducive to uh to a healthy way of, of working or living when you, you, you're trying to burn the candle at both ends but it's um, hopefully this is a, a job that will get sorted um, sooner rather than later but just look at these accounts um, it just shows how important the fundraising was in January yes. up 96,000 prior to that for, it yeah. was a disaster absolutely area. a complete disaster you take that figure right. out because it's allowed us to build up the reserve absolutely up to 95,000 I was just about, was just about to touch More on that very figure yeah. et cetera, et cetera. because um you know, when it got to February, we'd obviously exhausted all that reserve, haven't we, to keep ourselves going. And then, yeah, yeah. You know, gone out and fundraised again. So the fact that we've got that reserve up is at least one good point out of the accounts that's come out this week. Yeah, I mean, and then you've got to have a director or somebody on the ops board who manages the manager. I don't mean the football manager. Who manages the manager? So if a manager comes in on the commercial side, if a manager comes in uh, as a CEO, whatever he comes in, whatever title you want to give him, it doesn't matter. There's got to be somebody that manages the manager, always. And that's who somebody says every Monday morning, the KPIs this week were A, B and C. You hit A, you hit B, you didn't hit C. Why? And it's got to be run in that way. I'm sorry to be brutal about it, but it's got to be run that way. And in a reasoned but professional way. Um, do you think, because obviously the, the chief executive role last time out certainly didn't work out as anyone hoped or uh, envisaged, do you think there's a, a nervousness over when we go to when we look for paid employment at the football club? Because it's a fan owned club which is volunteer led, we mm-hmm. understand that, but um, do you think there's a nervousness about how we approach paid employment at the football club and there's roles where we, we probably should be maybe stretching ourselves to, to try and get... Well, there shouldn't be a nervousness. Right. Um, I mean, because basically you look at a budget and you amortise that budget uh, in, a, in, in a, a professional way. And you say, if there is a commercial, if a decision is taken for a commercial manager, you say, fair enough, okay, 
that's out of the budget. The playing side, the budget is X. The other one is Y. What other things do we need? Maintenance costs, etc. Can't go through everything. But you know, that, um, it's the normal professional way of looking at a budget and amortising it. But there should be within the budget, whether that comes from Murphy money, whatever it comes from, it's got to be on the commercial side. It's got to be put at it. And then you will start to accumulate. Uh, you, uh, sorry. I think the most important thing, if we do put in a general manager or a commercial manager, whatever the role may be, is that it's got a structure to the role. Because yeah, without any structure, yeah. you haven't got anything. Correct. And Which wasn't in the last job. Well, you could argue that it hasn't been in the past couple of general managers, if you like, because they've been dragged into this, that and the other, and then ultimately that's led to their downfall because they've been trying to do too many things. Yeah. Again, who manages the manager? Exactly. And somebody should have managed the manager. But having said that, I, th- I think I'm personally, and the other day feels the same, that... I feel personally now that we've got a stronger board, and that's not to knock the people who've put themselves forward in the past, but I think we've got a stronger board now in terms of business now that will be able to put that together for a new candidate. Okay, Let's hope so. Yeah. Let's hope so. Um, that brings us on <clears throat> to the board and board nominations. Now, uh, the AGM is September 27th, Thursday. Disappointingly, when uh, I got my City Fans United uh, email, five vacancies on the board, three nominations, and that um, paints a worrying picture, really. Uh, either, uh, well, is it a case of what's gone on over the past nine months, 12 months? As Do, do people really want to put their heads well, above the parapet? Is it, fair, is, it fair to, it? is it fair to say it possibly is one of two things? One, I hate to say it, but apathy. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, it's somebody else's job, it's not my job, it's apathy. Uh, number two, is it because if I put the point you were alluding to before, put my head above, or somebody puts their head above the parapet, I'm going to get hammered by the internet trolls. Do I want that sort of sort of rubbish uh, coming out as opposed... And, and it's one of those two things, I think. I don't know if you disagree. Yeah, I think a third one you could add to that is commitment as well. You've got to be yeah. committed to yeah. it, haven't you? I mean, yeah. it takes a lot of time, doesn't it? I mean, you imagine somebody like a Dave or Andrew now, for example, who are doing or trying to do nine-to-five roles yes. in their job yeah. and then working at the football club till whatever hour in the evening doing board meetings or other meetings. It's, it's a big old ask, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Even if you're the world's biggest football fan, it takes a lot out of you. And you've got to have that commitment. If you're going to put your head forward for it then you've got to be able to commit yourself to all that time and everything that goes with it because you think about the the strength of well, strength but in terms of the amount of people who were willing to put themselves forward uh, not too long ago um, it just seems like the past what's gone on like you, like you said yourself Neil um, because in the internet age you, you're up there to be shot at and as soon as you make a mistake or if <laughs> If somebody you doesn't know, like the colour yes, socks you've got on. I mean, it's just it's, um, it becomes it becomes kind of open season almost. So I can understand why. And it, but like you say, Shane, it is also a case of is it just the people out there who just don't have the time to to commit to the role? Because, like I say, it is all encompassing. I mean, it's not something you can just dip in and out of once or twice a month and just say, "Well, I'm a director of a football club. Yeah, I go I'll, to I'll attend the board meeting." You, yeah, yeah. you know, it. People are required to do roles, required to carry them out, and I know they get my, my full support. Well, that's that's, that's, that's the other issue, isn't it? I mean, you know, put yourself forward by all means, but make sure you've got something to offer them. Yes. Because yes. if you haven't got anything to offer them, then with all due respect, there's no real point Correct. going for it. Correct. Because 
you know they need help and they need business now and to a certain degree they probably need some football now as well yep. on the board yep. so yep. I think it's important that the people who put themselves forward I think two of them already are on the board currently aren't they yes. and gone for re-election yeah. the third one's a new one uh, be interesting to see what they've got to offer and I don't think it's fair for us in this forum to start talking about individuals that put, and, no. and good luck to all three for putting their names forward yeah, I think that's fair uh, as opposed to going through that that's not our job well not our job publicly anyway no. Um, yeah, so the AGM is uh, September 27th, it's a Thursday. Um, I know fans can uh, put a proxy vote in before then, uh, should they wish to. Um, but I want to talk, well, round off the, this week's podcast on actually talking some, some football because we've talked uh, a lot about uh, off-field matters. Um, we have a game on Saturday against a, a Bradford side who are doing well third in the National League North probably I mean it's, you can't read too much into 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 a table this early in the season but by all accounts they've uh, they're difficult to beat and it's going to be another difficult game possibly a similar top side maybe to to Geisley, a big strong side uh, a lot of experienced heads in there a lot of nous um but a, a team which can be got at and I know the managers are keen to to, to get at them and, and having the chance to do that at home this weekend is a massive bonus. Um, for you, Shane, I mean, are these two games, Bradford, FC United, kind of a a good way back in almost? It does feel like get a great point at Geisley. Um, can we not mention that yet? Because um, two defeats on the, on the run becomes kind of... It's a, it's a mini-run. I mean, it, it, a little bit of doubt starts to creep in. Three defeats on the run starts to become... A real problem, and Conf- the rot starts to set in for confidence. But so to, to get that last minute um, leveler at Geisley, you could, I could almost as soon as it went in, I could sense the lift. Yeah. And when you're speaking to Anthony Johnson afterwards, you could sense the lift in mood. So uh, we we approached we approached this game. Um, it, did, it almost felt like a win. So it, they should have a little bit of confidence going into it. And they can look at that stadium's done now, fixed, back on home turf. Almost feels like you go again. Almost you can yeah. start again. I think it's a bit of a rallying call as well, isn't it? For the fans, get down there, let's get right behind them for the next two games and let's get into the season properly because, like you say, it has been stop-start and the way in which the guys, the game ended, in a sense, like you say, has given them a boost because, no doubt, the heads would have been on the floor when they conceded in the 88th minute. But then, was. to get a point in the 92nd minute, it does feel like a win, like you say. So, hopefully, they've got a nice boost of confidence on that. And one or two of the injuries, hopefully, will ease before the weekend. And we can get back to playing football and hopefully take a good number of points out of these next two games. And then we can build from there. Yeah. So I don't know. They are, well, uh, talking to some a pal of mine, actually, um, who scouted them twice for somebody else. Um, and he says they're an ageing side. Um, they'll go for an hour. And then if you're still in with it at the, uh, at the hour mark, you've got a chance because they do. They're not particularly the fittest players in the world. And if you take them down the flanks, uh, then you've got half a chance. They can be taken down the flanks. Um, they're fairly, uh, you said it, like Geisley. I haven't seen Geisley this season. Uh, but they're very like Geisley so you understand and that's the sort of impression I get they're going to sort of they won't take any prisoners hopefully there'll be a strong referee um, but if they can take them down the flanks keep with them for an hour then there's no reason at all why the points shouldn't come I mean you look at the five games um, a draw against Spennymore and I quite rated Spennymore I saw them again last Saturday um, and they're not a bad side at all they'll be, up there. they'll be in the playoffs so that's not a bad I'll 
we'll come back to Blythe in a minute. Telford, okay, fine. It's 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 a defeat away from home for a team that's up there at the moment anyway. So fairly standard. Uh, a draw against Geisley, happy days, you know. It stopped stopped the rot and a victory against Curzon Ashton. So I'll come back to the Blythe game. That's not too bad. The Blythe game, atrocious, absolutely atrocious. You should not be losing in a league scenario by eight goals to one. Um, somebody said to me on Saturday, um, "Were you ever? Did you ever ship when you were playing eight? Um, and I was—I can remember a couple of sevens. I can never remember an eight. Well, didn't you get the flak? I said, "Yeah, you got flak as you were coming off the park." But you're always told as a young pro, never react to the crowd in that scenario. Never react. Uh, but of course, in those days, he said, "What happened?" I said, "Well, you got in the dressing room, then we went to the bar and had a drink." I said, "But there was no sort of." Uh, internet stuff. There was no social media in those days. Now, the 8-1 has continued on, which is totally different from the era that I was playing in, because that was it. You call, you called as much use as a chocolate teapot or whatever it, it is. With the ground. I was just about to say, <laughs> it's, all, it's a typical Chester scenario, really, but then, isn't it? But then it goes. Festus, it? It, but it festers because of, uh, because of the internet, because of social media. It didn't in those days. Mm. So, and, and from that point of view, okay, that's a blip. And it's uh, you've got to look at everything about it, the t- way the team was set up, the way the players played, etc., etc., etc. But it's a it's a one-off, it, and that happens. Hey, at this level of football, that happens. Uh, but the other results are moderately predictable, mm-hmm. you know. So they're okay. Um, mm-hmm. So from that point of view, there's only one disaster. It was a disaster. Oomph. I don't think the Telford defeat was helped either by the fact that they hadn't played you know, Telford was exactly rest of the way. It almost felt like the Blythe game to, to maybe in the fans' minds, the Blythe game had never really finished. Yeah. It's like a continuation, yes, it's just exactly. one long kind of exactly. kick in the chops. But say, it's, it's a uh, big Chester scenario, isn't it? That we get beat eight one and then we don't play the, for the, the world's come to, and then the world's yeah. come to an end, doesn't it? But yeah. that's why I, I thought Saturday was so important. On the road as well, because it's still, it's easy to to forget how I mean, it can be difficult to go on the road, you know, and especially when you, you've not had the benefit of home comfort for a good while. Um, but it just, I mean, the reaction of the fans at the end was great as well because you just, you know, it's just it was the first real kind of lift they've had in that that in that period of the game as well for a long time. And I thought um, uh, the back four was excellent. I mean, I know you're a big fan of Simon Grand anyway, Neil, but yeah. left back, I mean. Playing against the quickest player in the not league. As a le- not as a left back. No, no, he was, he was superb. I mean, yeah. there, he was forced to play there because of a late withdrawal. But there's going to be injury um, worries ahead of, ahead of Saturday anyway. But the strange thing is that come Tuesday, we could almost have a near full strength squad mm. because Robert, Gary Roberts comes back, um, a couple of other uh, players to come back. So um, it could all change by the time we face FC United on, on Tuesday. But no, um, hopefully, we, well, Positive news to arrive at this podcast. I'm quite quite chipper about the fact we're going to have a home game. I'm sure everyone listening is as well. You have to dust off those season tickets, which have no doubt started to gather cobwebs. Um, so yeah, dust them off and get get down the Swans Chester Stadium on Saturday. So hopefully we'll uh, we can we can kick this kickstart the season in the in the right fashion. Um, but no, thanks very much to Neil for joining me. Thanks very much to Shane for joining me. Uh, I've been Dave Powell, and uh, I will see you again next time. And hopefully we can talk about. A couple of victories on the bounce, wouldn't that be nice? Thanks for joining me.